Trigger warning, the Resilience Project provides an open space for people to share their personal experiences. Some content in this podcast may include topics that you may find difficult. The listener's discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radical Resilience, a weekly show where I, Blair Kaplan Venables, have inspirational conversations with people who have survived life's most challenging times. We all have the ability to be resilient and bounce forward from a difficult experience. And these conversations prove just that. Get ready to dive into these life-changing moments while strengthening your resilience muscle and getting raw and real. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. It's me, Blair Kaplan-Venables, coming into your ears. Today, I'm here with Cassandra Rosa, who is an intuitive certified life and business coach. She helps spiritual entrepreneurs create fulfilling businesses with clarity and confidence. What I really love about her is that she embodies what she does, and her story of resilience is the bridge to where she is today. You want to learn more about her. Her info is going to be in the show notes, but I am so excited to bring her in. So let's just talk about how awesome you are, Cassandra. Welcome to the mic. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So you have done what probably many millions of people are dreaming of doing, and it was leaving corporate, was it corporate America? Is that what you call I'm Canadian. We don't call yeah, corporate Canadian. Canada, so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Canadian too, so yeah. Oh. Yeah. So uh, insurance industry, I was working in the insurance industry. Yeah. Ah, right. You are Canadian. So for you Americans out there leaving corporate America, but we don't call it that in Canada. So she left corporate to create a fulfilling business. And like, that's a big deal. Like it's a scary, scary leap. And I would love to know your story. Thanks. So from a young age, I knew I wanted to make a difference in the world. I didn't know what that meant, but that kind of saying just keeps leading me to where I am today. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll be a teacher, psychologist. And halfway through my degree, I just felt like there was more. They said that you had to be in school for 12 years. I love learning, but there's something about the traditional school system that I wasn't resonating with. So I had what I called my big now what moment, what am I going to do with my life? And in that transitional phase in my life, I experienced a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of isolation, and kind of, you know, having those moments of having the blanket over your head and just stepping away from everybody in their, you know, their journeys. Because I had a lot of friends that did things the traditional way. But it was interesting as I'm having this big now what moment. While I was in university, there was a woman that came in and was talking about this opportunity to go on an exchange and to travel the world. And I said, that would be a great opportunity. So I did that. And when I got back, I got the travel bug. I got this opportunity to go to Africa, which we've kind of talked about. And it was such a big opportunity and everybody was terrified, you know, for me going. And I'm like, my soul was just pulling me there. So it was mentoring kids in an after-school program. And I fell in love with mentorship I fell in love with those light bulb moments that you can create for people to create lasting change in their life. But you know, when you get back from a trip like that, you get back to the real world and you're like, I need to make money and you know, that mainstream way of doing things. But this mentorship was always behind the scenes. And I thought one day I'll just make a lot of money and I'll create a foundation. So when I was in this big loss, now what moment phase again, 
I had my family in my ear that was like, you're supposed to take over the family insurance business. Go and do this. You'll make a lot of money. Then you can change the world, they would say. So I went into insurance. I took all these, you know, different certifications. I was in the job. I was doing really well. I was the youngest woman, the youngest person in the office. But I would sit there while doing cold calls, just dreaming of like making a difference, helping people, those light bulb moments, um, and really making a change. And at that point, it was all question marks. Like if there was a thought bubble here, it would just be like, do, 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 question marks. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I keep feeling this intuitive pull that there was something more. So I don't know if I was young and naive, but I ended up being like, okay, I'm going to leave this insurance job and I'm going to go and discover myself. Like I'm going to go and figure out what this means. So I ended up doing some marketing jobs and some sales jobs um, just to make ends meet. But I was a contractor, so I had some space to be able to develop myself. So I went really deep in personal development, spirituality, and started to realize being a coach, helping people create businesses, helping them kind of with that transition of that calling for more would be the way that I could make a mark on the world. So within six months of starting my business, I went full-time. I grabbed my laptop the day after I quit and started to travel the world and was coaching people. And it's just been the most beautiful, fulfilling process um, in the path of doing it. That's amazing. So you left your family business. What was that like? What was that like with your relationship with your family? Like, let's, mm-hmm. let's dive into that a bit. Cause that's yeah. like, there's leaving corporate and then they're leaving your family business. Yeah. My family's like, are you crazy? Like this, you would be set for the rest of your life. It would be so easeful for you. And you're so good at it. And so it was like their dreams were being shattered. And while I was in the process of creating what I have now, there was a lot of doubt behind the scenes. There was a lot of their fear projected onto me. But once I launched my book in the pandemic and they saw all my clients there on my like virtual book launch and all the people that I was helping, you know, that it's said in that I had made the right decision. But there still are those little moments where I can still see behind the scenes that they wish that I would have just took that over, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting, you know, show having them show up to your space in a world that they're not familiar with and showing them what you've built. It's, you know, it's a very special feeling. Um, and I don't know if you feel this, but like, uh, so I'm an entrepreneur. I literally have been an entrepreneur forever. And my family was very much like, go to school, get a job. Yeah. Even though I have lots of entrepreneurs in my family, but you know, the safe route is go to school, get a career, stay in your career. But that wasn't meant for me. Like that's not meant for you. And I felt because I started my business, I don't know how old you are, but I started my business when I was 23 Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the recession in 2008, my marketing, my public relations business and marketing. I felt like I always had to prove myself. And it's so funny because my sister pointed out because like there's the way I talk and then that goes, then like there's the way I talk about my business in like a sales tone. And it's so funny because like I've been around for 15 years. So it's like, yeah, I've proven myself like I'm here. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. do you like, do you find that you like had to constantly show up in a different way for your parents to like prove that you're on the right path or did you let that go? 
Yeah. So I started in entrepreneurship in 2015. So I guess it's eight years now and I'm starting year five of like the one-on-one coaching that I do now. And initially I felt like I had to prove myself, but then I started to realize that that was the energy behind what I was doing for a moment there. So I caught myself and kind of stayed in my own lane, you know, like unless they asked, I would tell them what I was doing. But if if I like signed a big contract with the client or they got a big light bulb moment, they weren't the first people I was turning to because they weren't getting it. So I think that now once they've recognized what I'm doing, I share a lot more of that, but that proving myself thing, I tried to not stay in that for too long. I just kind of kept it inwards, even with close friends too, Mm -hmm. that are all on that like mainstream nine to five path that didn't get it. I found myself kind of filtering certain things that I was saying, unless they, they leaned in and had interest to it. Because in the beginning I would get so let down. I would just be so excited being like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, I, I helped my client to leave a toxic relationship and her life is just so different. And she's seeing the world differently, like small little things like that. And they would just be like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, like <laughs> shut you down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The struggle is real. But that's why there's coaches, mm-hmm. you know, like we don't have to do it alone. And, and like, if you're thinking of needing support, like in whatever you're doing, you don't like our family's meant to be our family and our friends are our friends. Like we don't need to go to them for certain things, right? We don't need to, like, we want their support in everything, but sometimes they're not equipped to give us the support we need because they don't have the training or background. I want to switch gears a bit. Let's talk about your book. So you are a healer, Reiki master, award-winning speaker, award-winning author. Your book is called Now What? Create Mm -hmm. the Clarity, Achieve Your Dreams. Let's talk about your book. Like, do you, like, how do we do this? How do we achieve our dreams? (laughs) Yeah. So the book is really about these now what moments, those moments of transition when you're seeking more, but you're in this like one foot on one side, one on the other, and you're trying to make that jump. So it can be so many different things for so many people now at moments, which I think is great. Even talking to people that have read the book, seeing what's resonated with them, but they've all had different experiences. Amazing. So it can be when you're wanting to become a full-time entrepreneur, it can be when you leave a relationship, it can be when you're trying to discover yourself and make a big jump. So I, it's an interesting way that I wrote it. I wanted it to be storytelling, of course, but also there's like lines in the book and exercises that you can grab a pen and you can uh, fill out the exercises and get some sort of breakthrough. So in terms of the process that I kind of walk people through is really to get into like a place of gratitude and appreciation for the moment in time that they're in and clear the resistance and the stories that are holding them back and connect to what it is that they want next, what those dreams are, and just helping them to start that momentum and get that movement going. Um, Because I find that with people that have these big dreams, I'm sure every single listener has a someday dream that they want to uh, step into. The how, the fears, all these you know, limiting beliefs come up. And I find that by taking that action one step after another, it all falls into place. So you can plan forever for your whole life, but there's something about taking messy action um, towards that you want to create that will allow that, um, that dream to come into place one step after the next. 
That's beautiful. I want to talk about what you just said, messy action, because it's funny. I was just thinking like my whole thing about resilience is that like you have to hurt to heal. Like it's like mm-hmm. you can't heal unless you're actually acknowledging the pain and it's messy. Healing is not linear. And that's like really relatable to anything. The now what moment, because it's the unknown. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Like, how do we get get like, how do we how do we be brave enough to step into the unknown? Mm-hmm. Leaning into curiosity, I think was something that really helped me um, because the universe, I don't know how spiritual your listeners are, but they love to show signs, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're scrolling on Instagram and you're seeing this book, like just coming up constantly while you're coming up, okay, that might be a sign or seeing angel numbers or meeting somebody and getting this gut feeling that you should talk to them. It's really to uncertainty can be scary, but the way that you can shift your focus of being caught up in the stories and the fears of the question marks is leaning into the curiosities and these things that are showing up that will guide you out of the uncertainty and get you on the path that you're destined to be. So I remember when I was going through my now what moment, when I got back from Africa, I just started saying yes to opportunities that crossed my path. And then I met my first business partner. And then I went to my first seminar and things just fell into place. So instead of being caught up in the question marks, just lean into the curiosities and the things that you feel like you're being drawn to. And I feel like that will help you um, shift through that state. That's, but that's, yeah, that's beautiful. But that's also like really scary. Like what are some of the fears that people have? Like I can tell you the biggest fear is money. That mm-hmm. like, I, it's like, well, I mean, it's been 15 years, but the biggest fear, and it's always like something that, you know, we need to worry about. Like, what are some of the biggest fears that you see about people like not stepping into their now what moment? Like, what mm-hmm. is it? Yeah. So I find a lot of things is just like the fears and the stories and the program that we've had of just being scared of something different and leaving their comfort zone. I feel like comfort is something that people strive for in life. And when they're wanting to step into something extraordinary and outside of their comfort zone, there's that little fear about leaving that. I think the how to, like for a lot of people in in the lens of entrepreneurship, it's like, how am I going to start my business? Like the fear of like the question marks is a real thing. The thought bubble question marks in in their mind um, is something huge. So I think it's really the combination of both of those things, the how and the fears and the doubts um, that stop people. And that's the things that we address with my programs and my coaching and everything that I do is to help people to uncover that and have the awareness of what those stories and fears are so that you're able to deal with them head on and make a shift with them. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. And like, I'm woo, like I'm, I'm very spiritual and I'm like, I've actually, my friend Barbie just launched, or she's in the process of launching a course called the science of signs. Mm. And um, I did a beta. So I I did the course and I track my signs like crazy. And so I don't know how much you know about signs, but maybe we can talk a bit about what you know, because, you know, if you're paying attention, they're there. If you're Mm. not paying attention, you don't notice them. Like I had two magpies build a nest like I was watching them build a nest for a couple of days, one stick, one stick at a time. And they built a nest right by my office and I see angel numbers everywhere. And I've started keeping track of all my signs that I've noticed. And like the things that are happening around me, some of them are very abnormal. Like, and you know, a lot of people don't, they just go about their day and like, okay, so it's 11, 11 or one, you know, or like 
333, but they don't like, that's just a time. But when you're tapped in or when you're more aware, it is potentially a sign. Do you want to talk about that for a bit? Cause I am just learning about like the science yeah. of signs. And um, I know my friend Barbie's a master at it, but you must, you must work with your clients on signs, recognizing them and what they mean. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting that you said this because I literally made a story on my Instagram about like angel numbers, like what have you been seeing and what do they mean? And um, yeah, in that phase, the big now what moment of leaving corporate and trying to figure out what those question marks were and what I wanted next, I was seeing a lot of animals. So I was seeing robins. I was finding this fixation about connecting with like past loved ones and their messages for me. So I started to like go to a medium and, and connect with that side, the other side, um, even like sitting on the subway, you know, and hearing like, sometimes, you know, you can't help but overhear people's conversations and seeing what they're saying. That could be messages, um, scrolling on Instagram, which a lot of people do in social media, maybe you're seeing a motivational quote. That's kind of, um, repeating itself or you open your phone and you see that pop up so it can be every anything and everything and I think it's really almost shifting into that abundance mindset of all that there is on the outside that's for us that's trying to help us and guide us and giving that perspective of the abundance and giving a perspective about you know like the universe and being supported by like a higher power is -hmm. something that allows you to be open to receive the signs. Because like you said, they're always there. They're always right Mm -hmm. there under our nose. It's just being open to receive them. And again, leaning into that curiosity of, okay, I I keep seeing 1111. Like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And just doing a Google search or how this Robin is in this tree outside of my window. And every morning it's chirping, it's waking me up. Like, what could that mean? So yeah, I, I do a lot of Googling. I do a, yeah. a lot of Googling. And like, it's funny. I mean, I also find with the internet, you can find what you're looking for. It's like mm-hmm. Dr. Google, right? Like, oh no, my stomach hurts. I have cancer. Like, you know, it's like, actually, no, you just like ate cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, but um, I, I love that. Like I'm, I'm kind of newer of the last couple of years after my mom passed away, I kind of started being more spiritual. I'd say um, I actually saw like a death doula and grief counselors and was um had uh, mediums work with me and it was just really special and that's when I was really like awakened to it and now I'm starting to, like I've started incorporating it in my business because that's what I like I am my business well I am not the global resilience project I am the marketing company but um you know I think like what you said in the beginning about in your gut your intuition always knowing there was something more that's something that a lot of people ignore. And like every time I even wrote about it, actually in my first book, I wrote a practice book before I wrote my first book. So I wrote my first book and my second book. Um, But I talk about like listening to your gut and how like every time I ignore it, it blows up in my face. And that could be something I think that like a lot of people can relate to, even people who aren't spiritual, but like you know, they might not say like, they might not see like listening to your gut as like an intuitive hit but let's talk about that. Like how, like, how do you know when you should be listening to your gut to follow your intuition? Like how, let's talk about your signs that that is what you should be doing. Because I think that's something that everyone listening can relate to whether they're spiritual or not. 
Yeah. So I find too, that there's always a correlation of like now what moment, self-discovery, spirituality, awakening. Like I find now more and more because of the collective consciousness of the planet, like it's elevating to the next level and more and more people are becoming curious and aware and having these gut responses. So I love that you bring this up, but it's like when you feel something strongly and for people that aren't familiar with intuition, just to kind of give you an indication of what it may be, um, you know, when you walk into a room and it, and at a party, for example, and it's high vibes and you just want to stay there. You're like, I love this. I want to be here versus how you would feel when you walk into a room and you get this like eerie feeling in the pit of your stomach being like, ah, this doesn't feel good. I don't really want to be here. Right. That could be like a first kind of definition of what it feels like to see that, uh, that difference, that polarity of both sides of the spectrum. So if you or at like a fork in a road and you're just mindlessly going on a hike and you're like, hmm, what direction should I go? And there's left and there's right. And you're like, I don't know why, but I don't know why, but this direction seems like this is where I should go. That's your intuition speaking to you. For whatever reason, you feel called to go in this direction. So if you're in this process of decision-making, and you don't know what direction to go, imagine seeing that fork in the road and just see what direction, what inkling, what pull that it might not even be the loudest. It could be really quiet. Mm -hmm. That could lead you into either direction. I find sometimes in the beginning of my journey when I was seeing that fork in the road, and even to this day when there's decisions, when I'm unclear, having that kind of image in my mind and just seeing where I feel like a pull or, or a whisper being like, go this way. That helps me out in the process. Yeah. So like, listen to your gut. Sometimes your gut knows more than your brain. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Okay. Well, how can people learn more about you, dive into your world, work with you, listen to your podcast? Where can people find you? Yeah. So I'm always on Instagram. My handle's Cassandra Rosa A. I have like a a link in my bio there that links to everything. My podcast, which is so much fun. It's called Fulfilled Female Entrepreneur. Blair was a guest on it. So I'm sure that you can check out that amazing conversation episode that we had there. Um, And then there's my Fulfilled Femme Entrepreneur program. You can find out about that on my website, CassandraRosa.com, which is a six-month experience to help you to create a fulfilling life and business. And it's the mix of finding the clarity, tapping into the confidence, connecting to your intuition, getting started in that process and building consistency so that you can be on a path of having a fulfilling life for you, but also making a massive impact on the world, which I find more and more people are feeling drawn to lean into. I love that. So connect with her, click on the links in the bio, dive into her content. Uh, You won't regret it. And so Cassandra, one last question. What advice do you have for people who want to leave their corporate job? Hmm. Hmm. Give yourself permission to stay in your corporate. So you feel like your bases are covered and then also start to build your business And you'll find there'll be a tipping point where you find that the scales have shifted and that you feel empowered to leave. I find sometimes people leave too early and then they're caught up in the chaos and the money stories. And then it becomes less about the impact that they want to make in their business and the services that they want to provide and getting caught up in the money stories. And I feel like for a lot of people, it feels like you got to jump all in and um, 
I find for a lot of my clients, giving yourself permission to allow it to happen in the timing it's meant to and go for it. I feel like all of us have some sort of daydream, some sort of idea of what a fulfilling life could look like for you. And we all have the power to create it if we choose to. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on Radical Resilience. And um, it's funny, I almost said dissecting success. That's my old podcast. I was like, thanks for dissecting success. Um, yeah, this was such a great conversation. And yeah, my episode is going to be out maybe by the time this comes out. So you can continue listening to us over there. Um, and thank you to everyone for tuning in to another episode of Radical Resilience. It is okay to not be okay. You are not alone. You do not have to walk this challenge, this life alone. There are people out there. There's a community out there. We are out there, the Global Resilience Project. Let us be that light at the end of the tunnel for you. We're that lighthouse in the storm. We're, you know, we're here for you. And if you want to share your story of resilience, of overcoming a challenge, we are accepting stories for our next book, the Global Resilience Project, book number two. So you can click the link in the show notes and learn more about that. Reach out to me and we can have a call. Um, but let's share your story with the world. Sharing your story can help you heal. Sharing your story can help someone else navigate their challenge. And it's a really beautiful gift to be able to share your story if you are ready. And without further ado, I just want to remind you that you, my friends, are resilient. That's a wrap for another episode of Radical Resilience. Do you feel inspired by this episode? You can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and connect with us to join the conversation at IamResilient.info. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. And you, my friend, are resilient. Radical Resilience is a podcast created by The Resilience Project.